And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts, middle walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Suffolk all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the door. Jackpot, baby. Pinion Drake takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we open up. Final show of the week. This Friday with the Kansas City Chiefs coming into town. Man, am I fired up. About as fired up as I have to be, need to be to do my job correctly. On the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by PT's Taverns. Yesterday, PT's did an amazing job wishing everybody a happy Veterans Day and serving all the great veterans in the community here. Fantastic job. They fuel the monologue. They get you ready for the Golden Knights. How about the Golden Knights beating the Wild? I love that win. And a lot of hockey as they're home on the homestand. And Kansas City's in town. And everybody's fired up for that. PT's been with me the longest. They fuel and start the monologue of all my radio shows. And they own the Strat in Arizona Charlie's Golden Entertainment, proud partner of our show. You know, I was saying this today. I got up today, been doing a bunch of stuff, ready for the show. A lot of people are in town. Marcus Allen is in town. Uh, the great Jim Plunkett's in town. Freddie Bolitnikoff's in town. Charles Woodson's in town. Now, they'd be in Oakland, too. If we were playing in Oakland, we're not. We're playing in Vegas now. And what adds to all of this now is that there's like seven concerts in town. And there's a whole bunch of other big events and conventions in town. Vegas, again, has another entertainment stress test going on where everything is packed up and down the strip and everybody's excited to be here, including the Kansas City fans. Well, think about that. If you're a Kansas City fan and you're getting on a plane and you're getting the hell out of Kansas City and you're getting on a plane and you're flying to Vegas and you're pulling in and it's 80 degrees and you're checking into a great casino and you got dinner reservations and you're staying Friday, Saturday, Sunday night to see the Raiders, it's unbelievable for the economy here. It's incredible. It affects everyone. Our partners here who are looking to do business with us, uh, just the depth of Vegas and everybody trying to get out of this pandemic and start filling up their businesses again, it's fantastic that we have an NFL team in this town. Thank God we have an NFL team in this town, especially to do sports talk radio. With all respect to UNLV and the Golden Knights, we have the NFL, which is bigger than all of the other things combined. We got the Pro Bowl. We're about to get the Super Bowl. I mean, things are incredible in this town right now. Now, here's the key. We got to win this game. We, the Raider Nation, it, it's about as close to a must-win as there could be for a 5-3 and three team. You saw Baltimore last night lose at Miami. They got dominated by Miami. The Raiders beat Miami, they beat Baltimore, and they beat Pittsburgh. Why am I putting that in the monologue? Because this is a hell of a good team. And they got quality wins on the schedule this year. We're so dramatic Everybody's so bleeping dramatic. Oh, they lost to the Giants and Daniel Jones. He barely threw for 100 yards. They lost to Justin Fields. You're right. Everybody's got to put that in the rearview mirror and completely focus on Kansas City. When was the last time you saw Kansas City play this poorly coming into a football game? I can't remember. In the Mahomes era, that's for sure. 
Mahomes came on the scene, and he just started kicking the Raiders' ass. And the Raiders beat him last year in Arrowhead, and there should have been a sweep. Jason Witten scored at the goal line with a minute 43 to go in the game. I was sitting with Eric Allen behind Brett Musburger. That game should have been in the can. And Mahomes went the length of the field and won the game in front of nobody. It was silence. I walked out of the building at the end of the night. The lights were out. All the cast registers and refrigerators had plastic wrap on it. There was no one in the building. It was like it was a haunted house. There's no staff there. There's no people sweeping the aisles. It was empty. It was, it was the most surreal thing you could ever see. Going to those games last year, losing to Tom Brady, losing to Josh Allen, losing to Phillip Rivers, losing to Mahomes, all those games, there were two and six at home. How could that be? Two and six at home, this team got off to a six-win head start. And then they just hit the wall. I think a lot of it had to do with injuries and COVID. Raiders were hit really hard with COVID, preparation and all that, but that was last year. So everything I'm talking about is in the past. Now we go. Now we go Sunday. It's a massive game because 10 gold jackets are in the building. Charles Woodson's getting his Pro Football Hall of Fame ring. The place is going to be jam-packed. There's going to be Kansas City fans in there. We know that for the first time. Some of you scoundrels are selling your tickets to Kansas City fans, which is insanity to me. But I got I bump into people. I can make all my money back if I sell my tickets. Well, don't sell them to Kansas City. Don't sell them to anybody. But there's brokers getting in the way and all that. that. That's a podcast. That's not for the radio show. But there'll be plenty of Raider fans in the building. Raider fans ready to roll. So with everything happening here, how do the Raiders win the game? We have the head coach, Rich Basacci, on at the top of the hour. My conversation, I got Plunkett at the bottom of the hour. And I could fit you in here at 702-365-9200. The calls were great this week. They, they range from we got to come out and knock them out like it's a heavyweight Tyson fight. I got calls that said it's going to be 37-35. I got calls that said it's going to be 14-13. to 13. Everybody's all over the ice. Everybody's all over the place. It almost sounds like it's desperate. And I like that on the radio. I like desperate radio. I like raw emotion. I like fans on the edge of the seat. I like that level of radio than some of the radio that's been done in this town 20 years before the Raiders got here, talking about cheeseburgers and movies and wasting time between hosts that want to tell you about their personal life and what car they drive. That doesn't happen on my show. We go balls out on beating the Chiefs. Because you know what they're doing in Kansas City on 610? They're going balls out on how to beat the Raiders. It's called Raiders Week. They, they hate you. They hate you in Kansas City. You're so in their head. You're so in their head, you've been in their, Al Davis has been in their head since the 60s. In Kansas City, they love to beat the Raiders because that's all they got. What else do they got in Kansas City? A brew pub? What else do they have? Like, Like a barbecue, two barbecue places? The Royals? This is Vegas. This is where Sinatra and Elvis and Sammy Davis and all the kings of entertainment came. And now the Raiders are here. We go balls out here in this town. We entertain the masses, and now we have an NFL team. You've got to win this game. You've got to win this game at all cost. I don't care how you do it. Just play smart, play fast, play hungry, play disciplined football. Do your job, as Belichick would say. Do your bleeping job. I need Derek Carr to play at a high, high level in this game. He's played at a high level for most of this year. He's coming off a bad game. I expect Derek to have a bounce-back game. 
I also expect Mahomes to play well because he's elite. He's an elite quarterback. There's no debate there. We all know that. So you got to get to Mahomes. And, and the defense on the back end is the most important topic that we can talk about. Last year, they just couldn't get it done. Jonathan Abram was not ready for prime time in this game at Allegiant Stadium. Now he is. It's the ultimate compliment I can pay Abram. He's improved. He did his job. He did his job. He didn't do what Arnett did. Look at what Arnett did. Did Arnett look like he was focused on football? No, so cut his ass and get him out of here. Jonathan Abram, he decided, hey, this is my career. If I don't get better at my position, I'm not going to be here. And he did. So he deserves a lot of credit. Now we have Trayvon Merrick on the back end. He's got to be disciplined. He's never played in a game like this. Never. You know, at TCU, come on. And now he's in the NFL. He's never played in the rivalry of Kansas City. But he's a ball hawk. He can make plays. And Mahomes has been throwing up a bunch of jump balls as of late. So I think it's a good opportunity for him to have a big game, but he's got to be disciplined. I mean, we're asking these safeties, everybody, to do it all. We're asking them to tackle in space. We're asking them not to let Tyreek Hill get behind them. We're asking them to run with Travis Kelsey and bring him down. I mean, there's a lot that they have to do here. It's a huge responsibility for the defenders on this team. That's why I brought in the Marvel defenders yesterday of Bill Romanowski, Phil Villabiano, and Eric Allen. I did that for a reason, to bring in the defensive legends and great players from the Raiders to talk about how to slow this team down. So that being said, this is a monster opportunity. If the Raiders win this game, and I expect them to win this game, if they win this game, all is right. All is right in Raider Nation. They have a massive win, a signature win at Allegiant Stadium in primetime on Sunday night. And if they don't win the game and they go to 5-4, and four, then you got to look at the rest of the schedule and you almost feel like you got to run the table because that would get them to nine games out of 17. And when you look at the eight games left, you got to win five of eight to make the playoffs. Could they do that? Yeah. There's some games sprinkled in there. I expect them to win, but it's going to be much more desperate because I like to talk about the playoffs I want to host a playoff pregame show. I really want to, I want you to see what it's like when the Raiders are in the playoffs and everybody knows what that feeling's like, like back in the day. So 702-365-9200 as we get going out of the gate here and we get you ready for the show. As I look back at week nine versus the Giants, no doubt going into the Giants game, there was a lot of external factors that were difficult to ignore. But being professionals, the team has to move forward from that game and take care of the rest of the schedule. All things considered and the struggles that the offense has in the red zone, this team was one possession down late in the game. The team showed a lot of character in that last game. And it's got to be encouraging to know that even if the team is not performing their best, they're still capable of keeping it close and being late in the game and having a chance. No moral victories, but you remember what the team went through leading up to the Giants. Now, the good news is the running game. By far the best performance on the ground this season. Raiders 5.85 average per rush versus the Giants was the third highest of the week in the NFL. Raiders' two highest averages of the season have been the last two games against the Giants and the Eagles. Is there tangible evidence 
that we're seeing something up front with this young offensive line that's showing improvements now from week to week. Now, stopping the run has been a concern, and that's a problem now because, as we've said, these defensive tackles have got to be better. It was the strength of the offseason. I mean, how many defensive tackles did they add? It was like American Idol. Every day they, they brought in a new defensive tackle. Hankins, Phylon, Thomas, all of these guys. Well, who's the last few standing that's ready for Kansas City? The Raiders have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, giving up the uh, fifth fewest yards per game. Is there a correlation here on why they're having a difficult time sacrificing and not being able to stop the run? Are they concentrating too much on the pass? Is that why the run has been a weakness now? Darren Waller's back. The star tight end of the Raiders returns. He missed a game in week seven, led the team in targets with 11, seven receptions, 92 yards. How pivotal is he in the offense right now? being able to line up anywhere against the Kansas City Chiefs. Waller is great. He's an unbelievable leader. He is helping this team heal with his leadership ability during the very difficult times of what happened so far this year from Gruden to Ruggs, Arnett. Waller is a leader, and he needs the ball more. He needs the ball more, and he's got to get the ball in the red zone and figure it out. I'm not a coach. I'm a radio host. Figure it out. I've said, I've said, wind them up and, and line them up wide. I said, put them in motion. I've said, put them in the slot. I don't care what you do. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me anymore that he's double teamed and he can't get the targets and there's not enough time. Figure it out. Throw the fade route to him in the corner. Have him slide across the middle. Have Derek Carr roll out on a design play where Derek rolls out. And on the other side, he's rolling out right. And Waller starts as the left tight end, and he runs along the line of scrimmage with Derek, and Derek's looking at him the entire time. He throws it low, he throws it mid, or he throws it high, and Waller gets a touchdown. Waller needs two in this game. I'm predicting two touchdowns for Darren Waller in this game, one of the most important games he's ever played coming in now. The addition of Deshaun Jackson. Waller returning wasn't all the good news. They end up getting a 14-year vet who can still run. Since joining the NFL in 2008, Jackson has the fourth most receiving yards and is tied for the highest yards per catch among any receiver over that time span. Do you know how many receivers have played at that level since 2008? A lot of them, and he's one of the best. Why can't a guy like Deshaun Jackson instantly come in and have a big game? Go to him. Let's see what he's got. He's not going to be here next year unless he plays well this year. Give him a taste. Give him a sprinkle. How difficult is it to get him on board quickly? He's a veteran. Carr's a veteran. It shouldn't be a problem. I don't want to hear any excuses here on Deshaun Jackson. Get him in the game plan. Have him pop the top. And guess what? Just throw two deep balls a half to him. Overthrow him. I don't care what you do. Let the safeties know, including that honey badger, that Deshaun Jackson's there. He's here for one reason to bring a safety over to that side of the field where he is so it opens it up for Waller and Renfro and Edwards and Zay Jones and who's ever out there. This is critical in this game. I don't care about getting Deshaun Jackson up to speed for Cincinnati or Washington. He needs to come into the rivalry game against Kansas City and make a name for himself with the number one jersey.
Finally, the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at this team and what they've done, they've gotten tremendous breaks. They got a big break last week playing without Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline for the Green Bay Packers. That was a big break. They would have lost that game. Fact, not fiction. They got shut out in the second half of the game. Kansas City is playing their worst football in three years. But the problem is they know the Raiders as good as any opponent, and they know the weakness of the Raiders in the past, which shouldn't be the weaknesses anymore because of Gus Bradley and the success that Gus has had over the years, especially what we've seen him do in San Diego with his scheme, the scheme with the Legion of Boom before Mahomes came in the league, and the improvement with the Raiders this year. So with all of that, the Raiders are in a position to make a statement. I call this Statement Sunday. It's got to be great from the tailgate, from the walkover from the Hacienda Bridge, to the parties on Saturday night, and the postgame Sunday night. I told my wife, she's like, what are we doing after the game? Simple. Lose, I come home. Win, I stay out till the sun comes up, just like I did against Baltimore. When that Monday night game, the whole city was electric. So I'm excited. Come see me at the Torch on Sunday with Eric Allen. Let's get going. Let's get going. And Jim Plunkett just got a text from Plunk. Uh, Plunk has got a little airport problem. He's running late. So that opens up a phone line for you. And you can get through, and we can replace. We can never replace Jim Plunkett. He's coming in for a big event tonight. But we can replace his energy with your phone calls at 702-365-9200. That's the monologue. Brought to you by Five Iron Golf. Head to Area 15, hit balls with me, get club fitted, have some drinks, have some food. You'll have the time of your life. It's Five Iron is so much better than that other golf place. That other golf place, which I'll bite my tongue, that's why I'm doing business with Five Iron Golf. Chris in West Oakland. Start us off, Chris. How are you? Hey, JG. Agree with you 1,000% about the Chiefs coming up. The Raiders cannot let the Chiefs get up off the mat this year. I mean, you, you beat them Sunday. It's not a knockout blow, but it forces them to play catch up the rest of the year. You let the Chiefs come into your house and take this game, all of a sudden we're back to square one. So this is huge. This, this should be playoff-like atmosphere, just like that Baltimore game was. And what they need to do, listen, as far as what you're talking about, the run game, the tackles are a problem. I also think a bigger part of the problem, we still don't have that dominant linebacker. Perryman, you know, right, these guys are better than what we've had, but we don't have that run stopper. We don't have that that sideline-to-sideline linebacker that just makes a huge difference that can force guys to get off blocks and make tackles in front of them. That being said, um, you know, offensively, I love Deshaun Jackson. I wanted no part of Odell Beckham. I think he's Terrell Owens without the production. Jackson's one of those guys, if he catches a ball or two a game but blows the top of the defense, it opens up everything else. He's still got the speed to do that. But on the defensive side of the ball, just what I said last night, JT, on your night show, the Raiders have got to get some interceptions. Mahomes has been serving them up all year long. We can't let him come out of this game with no interceptions. And you're right. Jonathan Abram has improved. He's better than he was a year ago, but he still has to learn how to play the football. And until you do that, we've got five interceptions this year, JT. Three of them came in one game. 
We've got to start turning the football over instead of playing the man. Eric Allen said it best on that touchdown. Abrams was there, but for whatever reason, he couldn't make the play. He doesn't have that God-given ability to track the football. But Merrick does. Hobbs does. Casey Hayward does. At some point, we've got to pick off Patrick Mahomes twice, maybe get a fumble or two. If we get a two- or three-turnover day, we win this game 31-28, and we make the Chiefs look at our rear end the rest of the year, not standing toe-to-toe and fighting them off the rest of the season. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy it on Sunday. Hopefully it's going to be a – Till dawn evening, my friend. Talk to you later. I hope so. I took off from the national show at night. I work Sunday night. I'm off from that to do the post game afterwards, which I'm excited to host. So, yeah, let's have a great Sunday night. Vegas is a 24-hour town, so hopefully the Raiders win, and there's a big celebration right after that. 702-365-9200. Also, Rich Passaccia, John Clayton, the professor. One of the great football analysts of all time, John Clayton, joining us next hour. Also, Solomon Wilcox, who knows the Raiders as good as anybody. Big show lined up as we get to Mark in the Bay Area on the flagship. Hello, Mark. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call, man. Hey, I'm really fired up for this weekend. I just saw one of the Kansas City uh, beat writers writing that they're down to their third string right tackle who will be starting because their first and their second string right tackles are both out of the game. The guy's name's Andrew Wiley, who's a backup guard who they're going to slide out to tackle. Matter of fact, he played for Eastern Michigan, the same college as Max Crosby. Um, so Ma- I'm sure Max knows the guy well. I think Max and Yon are going to feast on, on, you know, on this offensive line. And uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I'd love to see Kenyon Drake get more involved, you know, like that wheel mm-hmm. route that he did against, I believe, was against Philadelphia. We've got to right. get Kenyon going. And uh, one last thing, Charles Woodson, man, my favorite player of all time. I know he's out there for the, you know, the ceremony to get his ring. I sure hope he's in that locker room because, to me, that's a no-brainer to have him in before the game and talk to these boys and let them know what's going on. Want to know your thoughts. Thanks, JT. Yeah, Charles is around all weekend. There's a lot going on with him in the organization. Uh, You'll be hearing a lot about Charles this weekend. And Charles is always available, as I tell everybody. You know, Charles is there to pick up the phone and receive phone calls from those if they have any questions. He's incredible. He's incredible, and his family's in town, and he's getting that high honor of getting his ring, and he's got his Woodson bourbon and whiskey. He's got a lot going on here. The big, big crew of Charles Woodson's team in town there, and I'm sure he's talking to the owner. He's talking to Gus. He's talking to everybody here, and hopefully that some of that rubs off on the rest of the team here. These guys got to make their own name. You know, we had Max on earlier in the week, Max Crosby, and I was texting back and forth with him. He, he's such a great Raider. He loves the Raiders. He, he's, getting, he's finally getting the national attention because a lot of people think he's in the hunt for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and he is. He's in the conversation, which is great. But this is a game where Max has got to explode because it's on Sunday night, and it's a nationally televised game. And this is the games where you got to pop. Every play, every game means the same. You win, you win. You lose, you lose. But Max knows he brings the juice. And Yannick Ngakwe loves being a Raider too. He reminds me of some of those Raiders who joined those Super Bowl teams and rosters back in the day. Super Bowl 15 and 18 and want to be a part of something special. He wants to be a part of something special here. And maybe it seems like Deshaun Jackson saying everything right about just wanting to help this team win and thinking it's a Super Bowl roster. We'll tell you, if, if they win this game, if they win this game, and I expect them to win, I'm not doing the hope stuff. I'm not guaranteeing it. 
I'm not in that business, but I expect the Raiders to win. This really sets up a playoff run. We all know that. We all know that. So if they don't win, they still have a chance for the playoffs, but they can go from being a first-place team two weeks ago to a last-place team, depending on what happens with Denver and the Chargers. And then the pressure mounts. And Basachi is really good. You'll hear my conversation with Coach Basachi at the top of the hour. He has this team very comfortable, very grounded, as they've gone through some difficult events off the field, obviously. So this, they're ready. You know, the, the other thing about this, and I wanted to play a little bit of sound here in the monologue on Coach Passaccia and what he thinks about this game. This is the type of game where his, his coordinators have got to have it dialed up. I mean, they, they, there's got to be some plays mixed in, some uniqueness to this game. Coach Passaccia yesterday talked about Deshaun Jackson and how he looks at just one practice, but what they say. Yeah, I thought he looked fast. Um, he's worked really hard over the last two days meeting with Edgar and, and Nick Holtz, and I um, thought him and, and uh, the receivers really had a, had a good practice today. We put him in a couple different spots, see if we can get some packages worked out, but I thought he had some fun out there, and he looked fast. Uh, the injury report shows that the Raiders are healthier than Kansas City. Kansas City has more players on the injury reports. Here's what the coach thinks. Yep, um, all three of those guys did not go um, much today. Keyshawn went to a little bit of a, a run workout early, and then we held him out the rest of the time. So we'll see what happens. It's kind of day by day right now with all three. Uh, the Kansas City film, what Coach has seen with this team, which everybody's saying they're struggling, but Rich Passaccia sees something different. The film that we watch, I know the film that Gus and Oli watch that we've talked to get about is, you know, that the Chiefs are an explosive, fast football team with dynamic um, personnel, and that they can score from any place on the field. They do a lot of different things on defense. They're extremely well coached. They're physical tackling defense. So um, what we see is a really good football team, and we'll be excited to play come Sunday night. Well, a lot of people are starting to forget that Trayvon Mullen, Richie Incognito, two players that were supposed to have a really big impact on this season, IR guys, and will the Raiders get them back? What does their progress look like? Here's the head coach. Well, we're, we think Trayvon's a little bit closer than Richie. We're hoping that we can get him hopefully to practice maybe the Dallas week and then play the next week. We have that, that short week in there through Thanksgiving, but he's been doing much better um, day by day in, in here. Uh, Coach Passaccia talked about the division games that are upcoming, including this one, you know, Chicago, the Giants, Philadelphia, Baltimore in conference but not in the division. Now you get your division rival at home. Yeah, certainly. Anytime you play your division, you know, it's a, it's a big game. And then the rivalry between, you know, the Raiders and the Chiefs is historical, right? So, again, we're excited. We get a chance to play at home, get a chance to play on Sunday night football. Guys were really um, enthused out there today. It was an exciting practice, I think, from an um, effort standpoint. So uh, we'll see what happens. And two more that are important I wanted to make sure we could get in the monologue. The offensive line, especially up front from the center position, we know how Colt Miller plays. It looks like the offensive line has improved the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think you guys asked a question the other day about our run game. Certainly our run game has improved, and, and um, you know, Derek's been clean in the pocket a lot of the times. He's 31 or 34, as we talked about, and thought he had some clean pockets the other day. So they've certainly improved, but I think we're all working on improving day in and day out. What can we do better tomorrow that we didn't do today? And um, certainly they're a microcosm of our improvement throughout the entire team. And the last one here on Patrick Mahomes, you get a chance to see one of the most electric football players to ever play in the history of this sport, all time, and Coach Passaccia knows that. 
No, I don't think anyone's been able to quantify Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's been an MVP of the league. He's going to be an MVP candidate every year of his entire career, I'm sure. Um, you know, we've been on the other side of it before when we've had losses and we've had some wins. And so I just know he's a tremendous talent. He has tremendous trust in the players that he has on offense and Hill and Kelsey and just, you know, the ability that he has to make, um, what do you call those, um, throws that he makes. You know, I got a chance to see him actually play in high school when I was with the Cowboys and he did some of the same thing then. So it's an exciting player to watch. Um, so we'll be an exciting player to play against. All right. So we'll have my comments and conversation with Coach Pisaccia at the top of the hour, along with John Clayton, scheduled to join us. So that's where we're at, 702-365-9200. Uh, Raider 914 in New York. Thanks for calling in. What's happening? JT, what do you say? Big game. Big, big, big one. Go ahead. Huge. So so last year, we played the Chiefs. We should have won both games. The first game, Derek Carr dominated the whole game. Outplayed Patrick both games, mm-hmm. he outplayed him. But the first game, we dominated. And then we all know what happened the second half of the season. This year, our best games were the Denver and Philly game. Those are the most complete games we played in years. But I want I don't want to just win this game. I want to dominate the whole game. We're we're on a big stage. We always seem to come get these big games and then we play like crap. I want to dominate on Sunday night from start to finish. I don't want to win and then we and then we play conservative at the end of the game and we let them come back and it's game, you know, back and forth. I want to blow them out from start to finish. Can we do that for once to somebody? Yeah, I don't think you do that against Kansas City. I appreciate the call. I don't I don't think you blow out Kansas City. I don't. I think you beat Kansas City at all costs, however you can. You beat them out, and the Raiders lost at the Chargers in L.A. on Monday night, but they beat Drew Brees in New Orleans to open up the stadium. And the first game ever with fans on Monday night, they beat Lamar Jackson in overtime. So they've had some big wins. But what's the best game this year? I thought the best game this year was the Pittsburgh game. The Pittsburgh game, they they had really star-studded plays on both offense and defense. That was a good game for me. And the Denver game was very good, too. Philadelphia, they started off slow but scored 30 unanswered. Kansas City's not going to let the Raiders score 30 unanswered. This is not Philadelphia. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. So expect it to be a really tough game. Expect it to come right down to the wire. And hopefully the Raiders make a couple big plays and put it away. Uh, Jim Plunkett is delayed, so we're going to take your phone calls instead. John Sassenti the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, who joins us on Friday. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes. So get in here quickly so I can hear from you, 702-365-9200. Bills happen. So when you need extra cash, go to billshappen.com. If your credit cards are maxed out, if you have bad credit, you got you covered. You can get 5000 in cash as early as tomorrow at billshappen.com. All right, Raider Nation, big weekend. Good weekend to celebrate the silver and black and get a win on Sunday night. Mahomes moving to his left laterally, chased, holding it, and gets out of bounds and up the sideline. He's not out of bounds yet. He's at the 10, inside the 10, he dives for the end zone. Touchdown! 
27-yard run, maybe the best play yet of Patrick Mahomes' incredible young career. Ooh, Bobby heading that one. What are you doing, Bobby, there? You're poking the bear of the Raider Nation. Look at that. According to Paul Gutierrez, breaking news, everybody. John Gruden has filed suit against the National Football League and Commissioner Roger Goodell in the 8th Judicial District Court in Clark County, Nevada. The complaint alleges that the defendants selectively leaked Gruden's private correspondence to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times in order to harm Gruden's reputation and force him out of a job. There is no explanation or justification for why Gruden's emails were the only ones made public out of 650,000 emails collected in the NFL's investigation of the Washington football team or why the emails were held for months before being released in the middle of the Raiders' season. Adam Hosmer Henner, attorney at McDonald Carano for John Gruden. So that is breaking news. John Gruden has filed a lawsuit against Roger Goodell and the NFL. Vic Tafer reporting Gruden's lawyer calls it, quote, a Soviet-style character assassination. Saw this one coming. Saw that one coming a mile away. And the NFL needs to be more transparent. This is a big-time story, and it's developing hot. Developing hot. One thing I can tell you after knowing John Gruden all the years, I've never heard him say anything negative in any type of situation, but the emails were made public. Those were his emails, and he will have to live through them and explain them. But I can tell you he is a proud man, and he is not going down this way. He is not. He is going to fight for his reputation and get his reputation back. So that's the first salvo fired from John Gruden, 702-365-9200. Uh, let's get in here. We'll have John Sassenti, my great friend, executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. He'll join us on Fridays passionate raider uh, get us going how are you what up jt good afternoon well it's friday you know what time it is been sitting here all week long all year long waiting for this game and and man i just don't know i don't know what to expect i don't know what's going to happen what i want to see happen is i want to see foster moreau touch the ball yes four to five times this week he didn't touch the ball at all last game for whatever reason i don't know I want to see Foster involved in this game plan. Please, if you got to, please, I'm just praying Foster be involved in this game plan. Use the play action, and let's start Drake in the backfield. That's what I want to see. I want to see Max and Ndokwe, Ndokwe get up the field. I can't ever say his name right. Spy Ndokwe. Ndokwe. And just, I, just, man, the stars are in town this weekend, man. This is a big weekend. This is a big game. It is. We all know everything that's involved in this game. I just want to see number four, trust his guys and just mm-hmm. get out there and have fun. Like you said, Derek, above everything, have fun. Just go have fun, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's talk on Monday, JT, or after the game. Sounds good. I hope yep. it's going to be a good call, man. I hope it gets, let's go. Yep. I'll be on after the game right there, right behind Brett Musburger. Five final five minutes of the game. I go up in the booth. Sit behind Brett Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy, and watch the end of the game from up there, and hopefully it's dramatic and the Raiders have the game. Hopefully the Raiders are in the victory formation. You never know. 
But when it comes to who do you want to see get the ball, I got a call today from a good friend asking me about Josh Jacobs. And I said, look, you know, Josh is a 50-yard-a-game guy now. I'm surprised. I mean, they got to get him going. Josh Jacobs was drafted in the first round to be a star in this league. He gets banged up a lot, and he doesn't rush for a lot of yards. But he does show a burst, and he does pick up tough yards. And he's very physical, very physical. And he'll put his shoulder into someone, and he'll give you the stiff arm, and he'll do what he has to do to get the extra yards. But where is the Earl Campbell game? Where's the Tony Dorsett game? Where is the Emmett Smith game? Where is it? Where is the Barry Sanders signature game for Josh in, in a game of this magnitude, at least this year? I'd like to see this be the game. you got to run the football. you got to run the football and keep Mahomes on the sidelines. And Kenyon Drake, I, I look at him more as a guy, and he can get you some ground yards, but I like him catching the ball out of the backfield. I don't think that Kansas City is going to be spooked if the Raiders come out with Alec Ingold as the fullback lead blocking for Josh Jacobs, and they run it right up the middle. I hope we don't see a lot of that. I'm done with that. Look, if you need a half a yard or one yard, why are you starting your running back eight yards deep? Let me repeat that again. If you need a half a yard or one yard, why are you starting your running back eight yards behind the line of scrimmage to get one yard? Do the math. And if you bring in a fullback, everybody knows you're going right up the middle and they stuff the box and it's tough to do. So if you're going to go third and one and hand it off eight yards behind the line of scrimmage, why not just bring in Marcus Mariota and have him sprint to the right or the left and dive for a first down and get him off the field? Get him off the field and bring Derek back in on first down. I think you're going to see more of that. I have a feeling you're going to see more of that because those first downs are desperate. Third and short. And the Raiders got to get it, and Derek doesn't run those well. Doesn't run them well. Modelo, proud sponsor of the Raiders. You know what I say? I'm about, what, an hour and a, 20 minutes away from a bucket of Modelo. I go ask my wife nicely. I'm always nice to my wife. She's the better half of my life. Maybe it's time to put the ice on my bucket of Modelo's right about now. I think that whole running back room has stepped up in different roles um, this entire season. And as the season goes, with the offense line continue to get any better and better at block, at run blocking and doing that type of stuff, I think that'll be a big part of our offense. It's Patrick Mahomes, JT, as you heard Steph McKenzie say, brought to you by Remy Martin. The place to be for every Raiders road game is the Remy Martin Lounge inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill at M Resort. Get there two hours before kickoff for the pregame and stay with us after the game for the postgame for great drink specials and prizes from Remy Martin, my great friend, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, John Sassenti, kind enough to join us on Fridays. And, John, as we get going, we've been friends a long time. You've taken this brand and this game to new heights here with the Legion Stadium. How excited are you watching college football this time of year every week? Well, well, first off, JT, thanks for having me on, and, and, and I think we're doing this all wrong, man. It's the Friday afternoon, and your sponsor's Remy Martin. You and I should be sitting there having a little Remy Martin doing this thing on a Friday afternoon. Absolutely. There'll be plenty of time for this. We both went to the yeah. – I didn't talk – we both went to the Stones together. How much fun was that? Man, it was, it was a blast. It was and, – and listen, that was one of my bucket list uh, 
bands that I have never seen. I had a handful of them that I needed to see from the classics and the stones was on the list that I hadn't. And, and it was a blast and it was good hanging out with you prior to, um, and enjoying the show. But, but to answer your original question, man, we're fired up. I, I we didn't have a game in 2020. Um, we, we, we obviously had to cancel it because of the COVID issues mm. that we were having in town. And now it's, uh, it's 48 days away and it is real and it is coming fast. And, and, a lot of work to be done playing in a new venue and, and, and having a new game, but we're fired up to get this thing going. Yeah, we always love where it shows up on the calendar and out at the Silver Bowl. You took it to the next level. You maxed that out. It was an unbelievable event and experience. And now talk about the evolution of Allegiant Stadium and what's in store for the fans before we get to potential matchups. Yeah, we Sam Boyd was, was fun. You, I, mm-hmm. I know you were the one that, that, that donned at the John Sassenti holiday party <laughs> <laughs> at one point because we had everybody and anybody. That was what the one thing I was most proud of is, is we did that end zone lounge and that VIP lounge, and we brought everybody in the sports world together to celebrate and use the ball as a platform to bring everybody in the sports world together. That was awesome. You know, with a, with a legion, it's different. It, it, it is a monster. Um, but listen, it's, it's, it, the, the game is, is, is completely changed completely changed the, the, the trajectory of it. We're now a post-Christmas event. We're playing on December 30th. You know, the perception is the closer you get to New Year's, the bigger and better the game is. Well, we're as close as it gets. Um, and then we're, 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 we're at the top of the Pac-12, and we're towards the top of the Big Ten. So uh, we, we consider ourselves a Tier 1 game now, and, um, you know, now we just got to get those teams in here and, and put on a good show in, in Year 1 of the new Las Vegas Bowl. John Sassenti is our guest. So when we see the ESPN Bowl college bowl rankings that come out every week where do you stand here with matchups here knowing and it's crazy i mean this week was nuts to see michigan state fall behind michigan even though they beat michigan and to see what needs to happen you know my son goes to oklahoma they're ranked eighth they were idle but they got big games in front of them what projections are you looking at as of today what could happen here for the las vegas Bowl? Well, first of all, I think that's complete and absolute crap that Michigan's ahead of Michigan State when Michigan State beat them. I, there's nothing you can say to convince me that, that, that that's right. Uh, as far as Oklahoma, too, you know, they're still undefeated. And the last time I checked, if you don't have any losses, you're a pretty good team. Uh, and to have, them, to have them ranked where they are is, is, is unbelievable. Um, but that, that's another conversation for another day that we can hash that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I also think we'd be aligned on a lot of those things. But, but, but with regards to our game, um, yeah, the experts are, are, are projecting. We're probably down to, uh, we're probably down to about four teams in the Pac-12. Uh, realistically, we're looking at Utah, Arizona State, UCLA, and uh, a surprise team uh, that is still in the hunt is Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to see the Pac-12 play itself out. As we know, they all beat each other up every year, so anything can happen. Uh, the Big Ten side, you know, obviously this is our new conference partner. We've never had the Big Ten in the game. Um, you know, next year we have the SEC, but this year is our Big Ten year. And, and I'm, I'm incredibly excited where we stand. And there's five teams right now, according to the experts and according to the conference, that are probably in our window. And that's Purdue, Minnesota, and then mm. it gets real interesting here when you go Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Uh, you know, wow. if, if that doesn't get you fired up, I mean – it, it, it shows the, the caliber of teams that, that we're looking at. That Could you imagine the Wisconsin fans or the Iowa fans or the Penn State fans getting an opportunity to come to Las Vegas, which is you know, the greatest destination in the world, playing a $2 billion stadium and play a, a top-notch Pac-12 team? Um, if that doesn't get you fired up for great college football, I don't know what will. Yeah, John Sassenti, as we wrap it up, look, I'm, I'm a fan of the Holiday Bowl. I'm a fan of the Rose Bowl. I'm a fan of 
the weed eater bowl for people to go and have fun and be with their families and see their kids play football if that's the case. But this is the biggest game changer of all time. Now you get the Las Vegas Bowl close to New Year's Eve in the most spectacular city in the world. Incredible venue with a great matchup going forward. John, we're going to have you on every Friday. Tell everybody where they can get tickets, what they have to do to get their mindset around this, where to call the website, what can we do? Well, I would tell you, get going now because we're down. We only have 22,000 remaining out of that 60,000-seat stadium. So we're selling tickets. We're selling them fast. People know that they're going to get a good matchup, so do not wait. Get in there. There's still good seats available in every price point. But go to lvbowl.com, and you can't miss the Click here to buy tickets. Uh, it is going to be a great matchup. And for those of you that have not experienced the Legion Stadium, no better place to watch a football game. We're going to have big-time college football in a big-time uh, football venue. Imagine if we, we wrap up this interview a few weeks from now and we do it from Southern Highlands and then we go play 18. But it's too dark. Quick, My show ends at 2. Too, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, the Martin. problem is it, get, it gets dark too early. We could only get 9 in. But I will talk to you, my friend. I'll see you this week, and I'm looking forward to you being a regular every Friday. Thank you for doing this. All right, my brother. Thanks for always telling our story, and thanks for supporting our game. Oh, well, as always, John Sassenti, one of the most pivotal sports executives in Vegas, period. Executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, and now it's at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, we go back, and we always say it back in the day when I was the on-ice announcer, and he was in the polar bear costume as Boom Boom, and look at him now. He's one of the most popular guys in Vegas. He's got more friends than anybody. I'm telling you, someday he's going to run for mayor or governor, and he's going to win. I guarantee you that right here. Uh, Next hour, we're going to have John Clayton. Solomon Wilcox will join us. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Speaking of college football, on our air last week, he predicted Purdue over Michigan State and gave you that game for free. So he's got uh, two college games, I believe, Lee texts me, and a pro game. So we'll have him coming up here on the other side. Uh, This weekend's about the Raiders beating Kansas City and Charles Woodson. So Charles Woodson, Marcus Allen, Fred Bolitnikoff, Jim Plunkett, who was delayed at the airport, kind enough to text me. That's pretty cool. And the Raiders got back to me and said that he will have to reschedule, but I'll be able to see Jim Plunkett the next couple of nights. I can't wait to tell you. Got to keep some things close to the vest, but I can't wait to tell you some stories on Monday the way this weekend is shaping up. we got another hour to go on Raider Nation Radio, and I'm excited for this game. Kansas City is a rival, just like the Chargers in Denver, but Kansas City's the big boy on the block. And they've won a recent Super Bowl. They have two victories in the Super Bowl. You, you go, And it's been long between them both. But they, they sensed in this window, kind of like the Golden State Warriors, Warriors had a chance to win five NBA championships, should have won four. They won three. Kansas City won one. They lost the other one. And if you look back, remember, Jimmy Garoppolo had the lead with five minutes plus to go on them, and they could have been 0 for 2 recently in Super Bowls. But they're trying to get back. They're trying to get back into it quickly, and this is their pivot game. It is. Kansas City's on a two-game winning streak with two bizarre wins, a win against the Giants where they were outplayed, And then a win against Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers wasn't available to play. If that doesn't change your opinion on the vaccine and, you know, getting the shot and being available for your teammates as a Raider fan and Aaron Rodgers not being able to be available for that game, couldn't Aaron Rodgers miss the Viking game or the the Lions, right? He plays the Lions twice a year. It would be nice if Aaron Rodgers missed that game. No, he missed the Kansas City game. And it gave Kansas City a free lay-down win against Jordan Love. 
That was not good. As they say, no bueno. All right. I thank my wife. I'm looking out the window here from my office in my home studio. There it is. The bucket of Modellos. They are on ice. I got to take a video of that. Maybe I'll do that at JT the Brick. Maybe I'll take a picture of the bucket of Modellos on Friday on ice. Because that's how I wrap up my weekend here. And we get it going in about an hour. What a day. Look at the weather. Look at the excitement. Look at what's happening in Vegas. And everybody, get ready for a great weekend. Tailgate early. I'll be in the Black Hole J-Lot. Right there on the corner of Russell and Polaris. Right there on the exact corner. They got DJ, Black Hole. And you you feel like you, you want the Black Hole to rub off on you at their tailgate as you walk in. That's how you get ready for a Raider game. JT, Raider Nation Radio, one more hour to go. This weekend is upon us.